This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Convictions, market analysis and asset allocation views. Hello, and thank you for joining us for Blue Convictions. We're now about one month into the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and as well as the terrible human cost, the war has brought increased volatility right across the board. Well, as a result of geographical proximity, Europe is particularly exposed, and the effects of higher energy prices and supply chain disruptions have been clear for all to see. So what does all of this mean for the Eurozone economy? What about the earnings outlook? And what can we expect from the Fed moving forwards? Well, those are some of the questions I will be putting to Monica Defend, the head of the Amundi Institute. Hello, Monica. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. And welcome to everyone listening to us today. Now, Monica, we're almost a month into the conflict in Ukraine and the risk of stagflation in Europe is growing. What are your views on how this will impact the Eurozone economy and the earnings outlook? Thank you, Tom. Well, uh, this uh, this conflict is going to uh, have uneven consequences across regions and across people, with the low-income workers and the refugees being uh, paying the highest toll. When it goes to the to the regions, obviously the eurozone, because of its uh, geographical proximity and its energy dependence, uh, is uh, going uh, to uh, to pay. Um, more than than the other uh, regions in the world. In particular, according to our back of the envelope calculation, just because uncertainty uh, remains quite high, uh, the conflict is going to cost uh, one percentage point, one and a half percentage point out of out of GDP growth in in 2022, while we expect inflation uh, to move to six percent, uh, if not uh, with a risk a tilt to the upside. Uh, in our projection, the oil uh, assumptions uh, are going to ha- play a major role. In particular, we do expect oil prices uh, to remain between 100, 110 US dollar per barrel uh, now, and then uh, converging to 80 dollars uh, per barrel just in the first quarter 2023. Obviously, the longer uh, the conflict uh, will last, uh, the higher the, the pressure on uh, um, external supply shock uh, will uh, will persist. Having said that, when it goes to earnings, uh, likely enough, uh, earnings growth in the euro area is exposed to the global cycle. And having in mind that 3.5% might be uh, a decent uh, global GDP growth, uh, this might uh, um, infer uh, minus five up to five percent uh, earnings growth uh, in the uh, in the euro area, which means eventually uh, to be focused on those companies that uh, have a good balance sheet, low leverage, and all in all, and and high dividend. So um, it is a, a rather than a top-down uh, story to be invested in Europe, more a selection and stock picking one. And the Fed hiked rates last week for the first time in four years. What's your take on this? What do you expect from the Fed going forwards? Well, after the, the meeting last week, uh, there were more uh, recent speeches uh, from uh, from Jerome Powell, uh, where uh, it was uh, even more hawkish, leading to a sharp repricing at the front end of the curve, 
with the yield curve uh, that you went uh, eventually bear flattened. Uh, they are very serious on, on inflation. And when asked, uh, Powell said that nothing uh, will stop them from hiking 50 basis points in, in May. So there is this uh, clear focus to control inflation. They're still uh, behind uh, the curve for the time being, but they will continue to hike until they see uh, so until they see a substantial tightening in financial conditions via a stronger US dollar or a weaker uh, risk assets. So 50 basis point in May, and then likely start to shrink uh, the balance sheet and another uh, hike to come in June. And then we will see what will happen to, to inflation because uh, we think that the peak of CPI headline is postponed ahead of us for US inflation and current readings likely to peak in May, March, April, um, even above 8%. But then uh, we expect uh, throughout the summer um, inflation pressure to soften a bit. And this uh, will imply that the political pressure on the Fed to control uh, inflation will, will ease. So it will be an exercise of controlling um, inflation while preserving financial conditions uh, to a decent uh, level. And finally, Monica, given the current situation, have you modified your asset allocation? And in particular, what's your thinking in terms of liquidity and time frame? Well, liquidity has been deteriorating across all the main asset classes with market debt worsening across the board. Um, honestly, at the moment, we don't see a significant risk of liquidity crunch, but we need to remain vigilant and build liquidity cushion buffers uh, to uh, prevent any drawdown. Even in the emerging markets, uh, liquidity has declined, but it has not disappeared. So if you want to put this into a context, it is unlike uh, the situation at the onset of the COVID-19 crisis. Long-term rates remain too low in a persistently high inflationary environment. Uh, we have heard uh, recent hawkish stances from the ECB and the Fed. This confirms the direction uh, of rates is uh, moving higher. So we continue to hold a short duration bias, remain tactical in adjusting our duration stance and we can uh, assist uh, to some uh, uh, turbulence in the um, in the weeks to come, in particular in the short end uh, of the curve. So this is where uh, we need to be in focus because cash rates is where the pricing for hike will uh, will take place. Credit. Um, as risks are related to liquidity more than fundamentals uh, and financial conditions are tightening, uh, we think it is uh, really important to stay focused on liquidity and we eventually uh, became more cautious, uh, in particular in the highest space, in particular in Europe, where a further widening of credit spread is possible. On the equity side, uh, we stick to the value tilt. Uh, we have a focus on uh, quality, um, so balance sheet that uh, show uh, good liquidity buffer and um, low leverage. It is important to remain selective and look at the names with the strong business models and the ability to pass through higher uh, prices to consumers. There's still uh, the gap between uh, price producer index and consumer price index is quite wide, in particular in, uh, in Europe. At regional level, we have a preference for the US uh, that continues to be more resilient than, uh, than Europe. Um, and therefore, uh, we are, uh, actually turn relatively positive on US versus uh, European uh, equities. 
on China. Uh, the outlook for Chinese equity is statically more uh, cautious uh, due to the high regulatory risk and extreme uh, volatility. Volatility is set to remain high despite the strong market condition. We maintain our edges in place. Uh, we have long US dollar, long on, uh, on gold, but uh, it is really important to seek sources uh, of diversification because we need to, to build robust portfolios to face uh, the uh, uncertain outcome of the of the crisis. We favor the Swiss franc, given its appeal in, in terms of market stress and currencies more in general uh, can also play an interesting role regarding diversification. Okay, well, that's what we've got time for. Monica Defend, the head of the Amundi Institute. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Tom, and talk to you next month. Bye. And thanks to you for joining us. We hope to have you with us again very soon for another edition of Blue Convictions. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.